Welcome back to the Rural Roundup, hosted by me, Kerry Hammond. This show is produced in association with the Scottish Government. On today's episode, George, Robert and Tiffany chat about the run-up to Christmas. How the public get interested in farms, farming and local food at this time of year. And then discuss the opportunities about how we could make more of this as farmers for the rest of the year. We've also got a little information about the Women in Agriculture Conference coming up in January 2024. Robert, George, good to see you again. Hi Tiffany, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. It's funny being back at work again. Yeah, how was the how was the honeymoon? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend a trip to Ecuador. Uh, we went to the Amazon rainforest and then we went to Galapagos. And I even managed to fit in a couple of little cheeky farm visits whilst we were away as well. How are you doing, George? I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, it's great to see you back. It's nice to be back. It's just, it's a very busy time of year, I, I feel. I think there's a lot of deadlines and things needing tidied up before Christmas time. Yep, yep. Same here. There's nothing like being off for a month, Tiffany, to close that... <laughs> a bit more bother <laughs> it wasn't quite a month but it was definitely yeah worth being off for yeah. chance in a lifetime isn't it yeah it's um beginning to feel a wee bit like christmas um do you feel a song coming on george <laughs> well not quite not quite no no i'm gonna spare you for that um yeah um it's that time of year that um i suppose we've got to start thinking that you know a farmer's not just for Christmas, of course, but a farmer's a very important part of Christmas. Um, it, you know, without uh, farmers, you know, they play a massive role in, ter- in Christmas in terms of the food and such like. Um, Robert, what do you think? Yeah, I actually think it's a point in the year probably where we have marketing, and Christmas is all about marketing. We're now into the 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 baby world and Santa and all sorts of things and and marketing is all over you know we're, we're getting pushed all sorts of ways but I think farmers so there's quite a lot of direct marketing the, the turkey guys and the, you know, there's various examples of people who are doing a really good job selling what they do but or selling what they've got to sell but also selling what what we do as well so I think at this time of year we probably do if you ask the member of the general public at the moment of what they thought of farming or farmers or, or their role I think our credibility is a wee bit stronger at this time of year than maybe it is in the middle of the summer I think it's it's also everybody can name the big shops with their big Christmas adverts but I think what we've seen much more of in recent years is that farmers have kind of really grasped the metal in terms of you know using Facebook as a marketing medium and uh, you know they can show what they do, and certainly those that are taken forward into products, they are you know whether it's beef, whether it's turkeys, what have you, whether it's veg, um, they are basically showing the world what they've got, and they get engagement, great engagement from the public. It's great to see such good engagement at this time of year, and I do love seeing all of the adverts as well. Do you think there's a way that we could try and get more engagement all year round instead of just having excellent engagement at Christmas time and um, because of the big day, 
surely we should be able to work on getting engagement all year round with the public because I'm pretty sure if you go into the middle of the city they might be able to see that they're buying their Brussels sprouts for Christmas and it's from a farm but they're probably not going to know what's going on the rest of the year. Yeah and I think we can't the public I mean the the main media they see is probably television adverts and social media adverts from big big producers or big um, supermarkets Tesco, Asda for example push things hard and and at Christmas time what they're pushing is that kind of wholesome family food, you know, spend a bit extra on food and and it certainly is a time of year when we are prepared to put our hand in our pocket and you know, spend £100 on a turkey rather than a fiver on a chicken you know, there's a there's a change in our our values at this time of year and also a change of of the supermarkets marketing for that purpose and we have to keep in mind supermarkets are our biggest market our biggest outlet but they're only there to make money for themselves they're not there to do our industry any good or indeed any harm they're there for their their boards and their shareholders so we have to look at what what they do for us in the sum in, in the winter and see what we can do to replicate it in the summer. And I think when you see what people are now doing by taking it in their own hands, so doing YouTube channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram seems to be a particularly good place to, to promote yourself at the moment. There's an awful lot of good happening within the industry. And the, the important thing we need to keep in mind is that the public actually want to see it. You look at this farming life, you look at when we put a farming story out there and a positive, a, a realistic farming story out there, people watch it. People want to know what we do. And we've probably in the last 20 or 30 years, we've stepped off that and not, not really pushed people very hard to show how good our products are and also indeed how how good our career o- offering is, how good our industry is for the future. So I think there's an, an awful lot of good things happening, but we could do an awful lot more as well. Yeah, I think at this time of the year as well that that it is different. Um, the the public tap into this kind of um, this perception of Christmas, and um, you know you need your big bird at Christmas, and you know that all comes back for this reading Scrooge and watching Scrooge on the TV, and you've got Tiny Tim and his turkey or duck, whatever it is, and and that's what the public just associate with it. Um, and and farmers are brilliantly placed and they're really starting to really tap into that and really get themselves get themselves out there and, and saying look come to us we've got it we've got your christmas covered i suppose one of the one of the biggest problems is that for many farmers um many of the items that they're selling at this time it, it's seasonal the veg comes ready in, in the autumn and the winter um a lot of the, the meat they're producing, it gets fat. You know, the turkeys not they're ready for for this time of the year. It's trying to get this, um, get overcome this seasonality, and uh, have a you know a steady flow of items. You know, you look at potatoes for instance. You'll get potatoes in early summer, but once you get through the winter, that's it. Um, it's finding this uh, steady supply of goods really to, to just keep keep that link going with the public. I don't think it's overcoming seasonality, but it's teaching the public what food you should be eating at what kind of year, because that's what we can produce. 
I think it's very difficult when you go into a supermarket and they've imported foods from all over the world. And I think people stop appreciating what's grown at what time of year and then enjoying products which we can produce in Scotland and across Britain as well at the right time of year. You certainly, if you if you interview the consumer in, in the supermarket and ask them what what does a Christmas diet look like? They'll tell you roast potatoes, turkey, cranberry sauce, all, all the stuff, the, all the, the thing, the kind of iconic things we think of for Christmas that we don't eat the rest of the year. Mm. You know, turkey, everybody yeah. says it, is turkey's actually something that you live for and, and love on Christmas Day. But if you got it on Easter Sunday, you'd be thinking, why, you know, what's this for? It's a, so it's a weird, a weird thing. And actually, if we then, so we take it back to, you know, what's the average diet or the, the kind of iconic diet for June? We don't have one, no, because we've we've lost the whole seasonality, and and it's actually I, I agree, Tiffany. It's the it's embracing seasonality and and teaching, and and I don't I also I don't want to go back to the the absolute seasonal diet when we've got an abundance of stuff in the summer and we're starving through the winter. Like that's not where we're going, but educating and 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 helping people better understand what seasonal actually means, and actually seasonal seasonal can be really good if you look at what what we do at Christmas the seasonal approach is really good and actually from a climate perspective a local economy perspective and all, all sorts of things it's it's the way to go well you come into summertime and you start looking at barbecues and things like that and and, and again it's coming being able to exploit that by basically providing the food for the for the barbecue um maybe we are light in terms of fruit and veg at that time of year but um, it's it's being able to yeah manipulate for those for those for those markets, but but yeah, seasonality is an issue. There's no doubt about that. I think yeah. it's getting better marketing so that the, when there is a seasonal product available during the summer months or during the autumn, that's not available the rest of the year, is making sure people are aware that that's a seasonal product, which the best time to buy it is now, and we can produce it ourselves, rather than promoting things that have been imported as well because having a short supply chain really does make a difference to the carbon footprint as Robert said before and I think we should be looking at promoting what we can make um, as environmentally as friendly way as possible as well. There's also more to life than just the carbon footprint of something so we, we can we can look at the overall carbon footprint of production and we, and we need to do that a lot of our job is carbon footprinting carbon auditing but when it comes to shorter supply chains sometimes that means there might be a slightly higher carbon footprint from some things but on the whole having that local you know you've got so much more control over it and you've got control over animal welfare you've got control over all the other holistic you know, the, the holistic process behind it that we we shouldn't if we're if we're promoting local we shouldn't get too hung up purely on carbon footprint we should look at the whole thing because the story when you combine all the parts from the story of a local short supply chain it's a winner for me compared to global supply chains i, th I think i think as well we almost need to be careful as well that um we're there are people out there they are absolutely brilliant at promoting their products and but the problem is sometimes it almost comes across as high value products um 
uh, which is fine. It, it comes with price tag and that, and that's great. But we've possibly maybe to maybe try and make this market as broad as possible. Um, not everybody can produce the high value stuff. Not everybody can afford that, and and engage in more um, with a broader um, set of the public. Uh, it's got to be better in the long run, and and even if that just means your standard tatties and things like that, not 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 your your fancy Christmas stuff with all the trimmings, but even just for run of the mill stuff, get them you know realizing that actually if I instead of going down to the supermarket or whatever, but actually if I nip up to the local farm for my veg, it's going to be a real lot cheaper um, and save me money. And also, it does save the environment as well, so it can feel a wee bit better in that way. So it's just getting this wider engagement as well. I have been hearing that there is still some very vibrant uh, farmers' markets in the likes of Edinburgh and Glasgow, and I know there's a few more locally as well. And I think it's a great way for farmers um, to go and interact with the public, especially in an urban setting. I think it's a great way that people can still have a connect between what farmers are doing as well as what they're doing and can have that interaction rather than it just being on social media. Is there um, much going on with farmers markets up in the northeast, George? Yeah, um, they, there's uh, still in a farmers market in Ellen, um, particularly vibrant. Uh, there's still one Peterhead. I think there's one up in Fraserburgh as well. Um, in fact, the Ellen one, end every month I'm down there, I'm getting my beef and um, getting getting some veg, um, even even get some butteries as well so it, it it's more than just a farmer's market there is a whole range of stuff there and, it, and it's very very well attended uh and and it it does you know the farmers there they they've got a loyal following uh and it's also a great way for them to interact and get across the farming message yeah when you see uh, see or or even more importantly hear a farmer's market it's all chatter it's all noise and it's people obviously exchanging goods for money and talking about what what this is all about and, and it just highlights how much the the average consumer or the consumer at a farmer's market wants to know where their food comes from what it's all about and even supposing they only go they buy you know five percent of their food less than that on that day they are contributing you know they're buying that paying for a high value product direct to the producer so it's it's a I think it's a, a great job and and it does it also kind of there's a thing you look at Christmas again if you're building your business around about Christmas you're targeting a point in the year where people have money to spend so people will save money to get to Christmas and then have a slightly more affluent lifestyle and diet over the Christmas period than they would throughout the rest of the year so targeting or, or planning your business round about marketing when people have got money is a key kind of pillar of what we're trying to do with a diversified or a shorter supply chain type of story the important thing is for the farmers market guys they're not necessarily targeting christmas they're targeting every saturday morning when people are going for a social outing they go for a wee walk around it and they're prepared to spend a wee bit more money because they're they're part of that farmers market you know the, the the experience they get at a farmers market is much better, much more positive than they speak at the, the experience they get at a supermarket. So they are targeting it in a different way, but they're they're trying to get as much money out of. Ultimately, that's what we're all trying to do is trying to get as much money out of people's pockets as possible. 
Um, and certainly those markets, those kind of routine things do really well. The The other area that's worth talking about is actually the change and the people who embraced the farmer's market thing maybe 20 years ago. A lot of those businesses have changed and they still they still support the farmer's market. They still do all that because they value the interaction. But the big part of their business will actually be an on, online retailing repeat order type type story so that there's a it's amazing the opportunities that are out there to to take quite often a small number small volume of end product and add a lot of value to it yeah certainly certainly likes a beef i think you can the potential there to kind of like double the money is that double the double the income um it, it's phenomenal really and online plays a big part of it um once they gear themselves up to that scale if they're going around farmers markets and that, they might have a shop um but you know it also puts them in, in shape to kind of even go and start supplying um organizations hotels and things like that so it, it becomes the diversification grows it becomes a, a much bigger proportion of the business and, and ultimately it, it it puts the business in much better stead to face the future you've mentioned beef twice now george i feel like i should mention pork on your behalf <laughs> um the thing a lot of these markets and, and even you know christmas markets and things as well the hog roast is a thing that, oh yeah that, is that just the, gets everybody's um yeah, yeah taste buds going I, and i would um, love to know yeah. there's obviously significant cost in producing a hog roast but for the pig farmer who's happily in slightly better shape than they've been but the markup from a you know last year what was a what was that prime carcass worth on the hook and then what was it worth in a roll yeah. you know the the markup must have been incredible yes absolutely and, and and when they've got something like that the smell just goes right around the whole market so it's pulling in more folk to them but but of course folk they just i wonder what the benefit is to the other stands and that when they're there as well because people they get hungry and they are yeah spend that wee bit of more money just everywhere maybe it's uh yeah, but uh, yeah, it 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 is really fine, you know. Whether it's bacon, whether it's a hog roast, it, it it's good, and um, yeah, it's just maybe a wee market employee as well. So I think what we're seeing on the whole is the industry. We put a lot of effort, a lot of work into promotion and selling stories at Christmas time. And personally, I think we need to try and invest as much time and effort into that level of marketing the rest of the year because actually the christmas bit we probably have got it stitched up the general public see us in media campaigns and all sorts of things as to what, what we do farmers we need a farmer for christmas and all that thing we know the message but that same message doesn't run for the rest of the year so it's easy to say it but i think it's something we need to work on yeah most definitely um yeah you know there's all these times through the year there's East, there's easter there's summer um various events you've got halloween everything like that and um um yeah a wee bit more thought and a bit more planning and and um yeah target these markets as well and just so that we've got this all year round and there are people out there on social media absolutely blazing a trail on mm -hmm. our behalf definitely. all the time and it's definitely catching on to their shirt tails and going with them Definitely plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mary Jane Laurie joined us live from Murrayfield to tell us all about the up-and-coming Women in Agriculture Conference in January 2024. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Laurie. Join us for the first Farm Advisory Service Women in Agriculture Conference here at Murrayfield on the 28th of February, where we'll hear from a range of specialist speakers, inspirational speakers, and you can network with like-minded people. This one-day conference will give you the opportunity to further your knowledge on a range of topics through seminars and breakout sessions. Topics to be covered include succession, diversification, farm management, finance, policy and biodiversity. There will also be ample opportunity to meet new people, socialise with existing friends and make new connections with various organisations who will have a presence on the day. All of this in a supportive and creative environment. So join us here at Murrayfield on the 28th of February. Hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rural Roundup. We'll see you back here on the 20th of December for our final episode of 2023. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.